hello, I'm Mercedes Stevenson, and this is the West Block Politics, Perspectives, and Players. Justin Trudeau has won a minority government, and conservative leader Andrew Scheer is vowing to stay on and fight him. But what will he be fighting for, and will his party give Andrew Scheer another shot in the next election? I sat down with the conservative leader late last week for a post-election post-mortem. Here's that conversation. Mr. Shear, thank you for joining us. Thanks very much for having me. The last time we sat down and talked, we were out on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. You just released your platform. It was 10 days out from the election. And you told us, quote, I'm actually very pleased by our campaign. Mm -hmm. You didn't win. Mm -hmm. What happened? Well, we're going to find out. Uh, obviously, uh, we had higher expectations. We are, I am, disappointed in the results. I expected to uh, do better. Uh, there are some reasons for optimism, uh, some, some improvements that we can point to to say that uh, uh, there, there's, um, some important steps have been taken. Uh, but uh, we're going to conduct a thorough review of the campaign, all aspects of it, and, uh, and find out exactly where, where it is we need to do better. You ran against Justin Trudeau, a man who you branded as a liar and as a hypocrite, a man who had a lot of unforced errors and self-inflicted mistakes. Why do you think you couldn't convince voters to cast their ballot for you instead of for him? Well, it was always going to be a difficult task to take a first-term majority government and win the next election. And you'll remember in 2015, all the analysts and pundits were talking about how uh, Mr. Trudeau would win at least two majority governments, and they were already writing off 2019 and even 2023. So there's some reasons to be uh, encouraged by the results. We got uh, more votes, more seats. Uh, we're the only national party to have uh, have done that. And uh, and we, we look at the fact that uh, Justin Trudeau was returned with the weakest uh, mandate in Canadian history uh, as reasons for encouragement. And we obviously have to do better, and we're going to take the time to review the campaign, all aspects of it, and make sure that we, we address those things and build on the, 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 the positives going forward. But you didn't get the seats where you needed them. You swept Alberta, you swept Saskatchewan, but you struggled around the GTA and the 905. The Bloc took a lot of the seats that you'd hoped to get in Quebec. Why do you think that your message didn't resonate in those key areas that you can't win a federal election without. I think you're right to point to the, the, the rise of the bloc and the fact that Alberta and Saskatchewan completely rejected the Liberal message as something to be very concerned about. Uh, we have a more divided country. We have a, Mr. Trudeau will have to find a way to uh, find some common ground to undo some of that damage. In terms of our own campaign, this is going to be exactly what we look at. Uh, we had a, a message of making life more affordable, of lowering taxes, getting back to balanced budgets over a responsible period of time. Um, we are encouraged by the fact that in Ontario we closed the gap in many seats. It's not good enough. We wanted to do obviously much better. Um, so we're going to take the time and see, you know, was it, a, was it a, uh, the fact that our message didn't get out? Did we not punch through uh, all the noise that was going on through the campaign? Was it the, uh, the, the way we, we presented the policies? Uh, was it uh, some of the strategic decisions that were made along the way? Um, we're going to look at everything. We're going to look at all of that and find out exactly um, what prevented us from closing the deal. We, uh, we point out that uh, the Liberals lost a significant number of votes. So the fact that we were able to convince many, many Canadians that uh, Mr. Trudeau's policy had failed candidates was one part of the equation. The next part was convincing them to, to give us a mandate to, to replace. That's the part that was missing, and that's the part that we're going to focus on. Do you think that was a mistake 
not to campaign with Doug Ford because he won a lot of the ridings that you lost and the Liberals took. Mm -hmm. As I, as I mentioned, uh, during the campaign, uh, Premier Ford made a decision to uh, stay focused on provincial politics and he has a lot of work to do to clean up the Liberal mess, mess there. And I, I can tell you that, uh, you know, we had great support from uh, members of uh, our, our counterparts in the provincial uh, legislature. Um, at the end of the day, we have to take a look and see, you know, what was part of the, what was the aspect of our campaign that didn't connect with voters? And that's exactly uh, what we're going to be uh, looking at as we conduct this uh, very thorough review. But senior members of the Ford team say that they, they weren't consulted, that you didn't engage them. And you can love or hate Ford Nation, but they know how to mobilize votes. And as a result, you didn't benefit, because, didn't benefit from that ground game. Mm -hmm. Well, as I, I can point out too, we had a lot of support from our provincial counterparts and a lot of people who had worked on both federal and provincial campaigns who, who, who had helped out provincially uh, on the ground helping, uh, helping us out. Um, look, we, we, there are a lot of areas that we need to do better at and a lot of regions that we need to do better. We were very encouraged with the results in Alberta, Saskatchewan, BC, we made significant gains. We have a foothold in Atlantic Canada. We're hoping for more uh, there. So there's, we have to find out what, that, uh, what was preventing us uh, from gaining more seats there. But the fact of the matter is we got uh, hundreds of thousands of more, more votes this time. We did make gains in Ontario, not enough, uh, but uh, there are some reasons uh, to be optimistic to, to look at this as, uh, as the first step towards uh, replacing the Liberals in the next election. There are people in the party and in your own caucus who say that you're interpreting this as positive and that worries them because they want to make sure that you're aware that it didn't go well. It didn't go as well as they think it should have and they believe that this is a personal rejection of you as a leader in the 905 and they question whether someone who cannot win the GTA and did not win the 905 can stay on as the leader. What would you say to them? Well, look, uh, there's no doubt that we are disappointed. I am disappointed in these, in these results. There are reasons to be encouraged, but that's not, uh, that's not saying that we're satisfied with the election results. Um, it's normal for our party, especially our party, to, uh, because we have a, a strong democratic tradition, to hold leaders accountable. Uh, I hold myself accountable. My colleagues will hold me accountable. I hold our campaign team accountable. And uh, it's healthy in our party to have people asking these very tough questions. It is to be expected. Uh, we didn't win the most seats. Anytime our party doesn't win the most seats, we ask the tough questions. Why not? Uh, was it a, a question of, of platform policies? Was it a question of messaging? Was it um, you know, the tactical decisions that were made? We're going to be looking at all of that to find out what we need to do better next time. Uh, the things we did well, we need to do more of. The things we did poorly, we need to fix. And, uh, and, and that's exactly what I'm focused on doing. We've already started the work of putting in place a review. I've been reaching out to uh, candidates and new members of parliament uh, to do exactly that. Are you confident that you can hold caucus when they come back, that they will support you? I'm, opti uh, I'm, I'm very optimistic that, uh, look, we, we all, we, we've all worked incredibly hard together um, and uh, I've made it a, fo uh, a focus in my leadership to uh, bring people in to, to, to consult broadly within caucus and, uh, and I believe that, uh, that uh, you know, remembering what we were facing in 2015, knowing that uh, many, many people completely wrote off the 2019 election and, and perhaps even the 2023 election, um, I believe that uh, I will show caucus exactly uh, the measures that we're taking, the seriousness with which I am taking uh, this results with a, with a roadmap forward and, um, and, uh, and understanding uh, the gains that we have made as a building block, as a first step uh, towards the next campaign. The party scheduled to hold its convention in Toronto in April. 
Are you still planning for that to go ahead? Uh, it's absolutely going to go ahead. It's, uh, this is something that is part of our party's democratic tradition, that uh, the leader is held accountable by the members, by national council, by, uh, by our caucus, and by the people, who, our grassroots organization. So that is, uh, th that is something that uh, will absolutely proceed. Um, so that includes a, the leadership review, you're supportive of that? It, it's automatic. It's, it's, it's in our party constitution, uh, and, uh, and I wouldn't want it any other way. Um, that's essential to a party to... Our party really does belong to our members, and I appreciated that on a, level, a new level during this campaign because when you go out to a riding and you see an event put together by grassroots volunteers who have taken a day off work or who have uh, you know, um, passed out on a family event to, to hold an event, to make an event successful, you really do uh, appreciate what our members pour into this party. And so the fact that big, important decisions like this are in their hands, I wouldn't want it any other way. That's, a, that's, that's what makes it, our party so great. So it will be in their hands. It'll be uh, up to them ultimately, and I'll be making, uh, you know, I'll be, uh, you know, uh, telling them the steps I've been, I will take uh, going forward, and 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 you know, acknowledging the fact that we didn't win, but also providing a roadmap for the future. Have you talked to Mr. Harper since Election Day? Yeah, you know, I've, I, I have, and I've reached out to many different uh, uh, conservatives. I won't go into, you know, who, all who I have and haven't been speaking with. Uh, my priority is to talk to candidates and, uh, and members who, uh, who, who, who ran last campaign, because I really do want to hear from them and uh, to congratulate people uh, on, 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 uh, on a job well done and to also, um, you know, to talk to people who didn't win and find out their thoughts, their initial thoughts on why that happened. What advice did Mr. Harper have for you? I won't go into a, a private conversation, uh, but look, I'm taking this very seriously. We had great people running for us in every part of this country, and uh, many of them were not elected, and uh, that's disappointing to me. And I want to make sure that going forward, we give uh, we, we we have a stronger campaign that uh, that connects with with voters all across the country. We made significant gains in British Columbia. You know, swept Alberta and Saskatchewan got some uh, some seats back in Atlantic Canada, won some in Winnipeg as well. So there's uh, added to our seat total in Ontario. We're the only national party that went up in seats and went up in votes. Uh, so there are reasons to be optimistic. Well, the bloc went up in seats. Pretty only national party. Only national party to, uh, to, to go up in seats and go up in votes. That's important. It's not enough, and I'm not suggesting to our members that we're satisfied with the results. Uh, but we, I do point to uh, significant uh, reasons to be encouraged. I want to talk about the personal side because politics is inherently personal. You are out there as the leader. How did it feel on Monday night when you saw those results and you realized you did not win? Incredibly disappointing. You know, um, it, this was something that I have uh, been working with a great team. Our, our, our caucus is amazing. We had great candidates. Um, we really did attract stellar people uh, and to to know that we fell short is is difficult um, you know to I, uh, I'm, I'm re reflecting a lot on some of the the aspects of the campaign that, that brought us to that result and that's going to be the focus of our review but I am encouraged you know we, we, winning the most votes and and seeing our seat total go up is encouraging and the fact that uh, uh, there are a lot of building blocks there that we can build on. It is also encouraging, but it is difficult. It's it's always difficult to fall short of uh, of goals that we've set ourselves. And um, but uh, you know, there's no one more disappointed than me in the results of the, the the campaign. But there's no one more eager to get it right and to fix the issues that didn't work this time.
when it comes to that personal side, your personal beliefs became a focus. It became an attack line for the Liberals, for the NDP, for the Greens. Do you believe that someone who holds the kind of social conservative values you do can win in Canada today? Well, look, uh, I've always been open with my own personal beliefs on, on various issues. And um, I think it, it was obviously the Liberals were trying to divide Canadians on these issues as they divided the country. They divided the country uh, to the extent where they, uh, Alberta and Saskatchewan have completely rejected their policies and we've seen the rise, the resurgence of the separatist bloc Quebecois. So the Liberals are all about dividing Canadians. My message to Canadians is that uh, not only is it, is it acceptable, it's a feature of Canada that we live in a country where it's okay. You're, you know, it, it, it's part of being a Canadian is to have the freedom of thought, of freedom of belief. What's important for me and what was important for me during the campaign was to assure Canadians that uh, on, on social issues that divide Canadians, that divide Conservatives, we, we're not going to reopen old debates and we we're not going to uh, further divide uh, Canadians on those issues. So um, I do believe that Canada is a place that uh, respects people who hold different points of view. Certainly our party does. We're the only party that does. And, uh, and I believe that Canadians want to live in a country where you can have a disagreement on an issue without calling someone un-Canadian as, as the Liberals did. Would you reconsider marching in a gay pride parade you next know, year? Is, is that a possibility? No, I, I, I made it clear that uh, I will choose other ways to show my support for the LGBT community. So no. I'll continue. Uh, I, I won't march in parades, but I will uh, ensure that our party is, is inclusive and, and open and that we fight for equality rights of all Canadians and that we, uh, we hold the government to account for not doing more. Uh, for example, to help uh, uh, people who are persecuted for their sexual orientation coming to Canada. So why the opposition in particular to parades then? What is it about that that you're not comfortable with? It's, there are many different ways to show support to the community and, and, and that's a focal point for me. That's what I'm focusing on. There are many people who support the community that don't march and, uh, and I'm going to continue to fight for LGBT Canadians uh, just as we do for all, all, all Canadians. There are members of your caucus who told me that they think that the conservatism that was presented in this election is too narrow, that it didn't feel like a big tent, that it didn't feel inclusive. What do you say to that criticism? Well, we ran a very positive campaign uh, with big ideas, nation-building ideas like the energy corridor that would bring Western Canadian energy to Eastern Canadian markets. Um, we ran on uh, fiscal responsibility. We ran on individual liberty and individual freedom. Um, we had a strong foreign policy as it relates to strengthening Canada's uh, relationship with our NATO allies and uh, with our partners in NORAD. Um, we did this. Our platform was the product of a lot of people having input. Uh, we had very extensive consultations within caucus. Uh, every member of our team was, was invited and encouraged to participate in it, to put forward ideas. And uh, I believe that, uh, th that we had a great cross-section of different aspects of what conservatives believe in. And um, you know, I'm very proud of the platform. Obviously, we didn't uh, find a way to connect with enough Canadians to form government. And that's going to be part of our review, is to find out exactly what happened there. Was it a mistake not to be more aggressive on climate change? Because it seems like that was a big priority for a lot of voters. Well, I would point out that uh, more Canadians voted for our climate change plan than more Canadians voted yeah, for... As, well, that's for, partially for, because of Alberta and Saskatchewan. Well, it's, well, look, we're all part of this country, and I would not discount the fact that... Uh, I would not discount the fact that, that because people in Alberta and Saskatchewan uh, overwhelmingly support us, that diminishes their voice in any way. And when I point out the fact that uh, the carbon tax is ineffective, the uh, our plan actually has... 
tougher targets on, on large emitters than the Liberal plan does. We, don't, we didn't uh, grant a massive exemption to large industrial emitters and then pass 100% of the costs on to individuals and motorists. So uh, we had an aggressive uh, plan. We do have an aggressive plan for climate change. It's a serious plan. And, um, you know, th there is a party. There already is a party for those who think, uh, there already is a party for those who think that you can solve problems with new taxes. That's the Liberal Party. So we're, we're not that party. Carbon tax is definitely is it, still up. There is a party for all those who think that you can solve problems with taxes. That is the Liberal Party. I've never known a new tax to solve a problem. And so we're not going to become the party. Uh, you know, I don't believe that we should become the party of, uh, of, of, of calling for new taxes. Well, there, there are economists who say it's very effective. But let's focus on Alberta and Saskatchewan. Wexit, this Western Brexit, as it were, the, the growing sentiment that's out there. And I'm from Alberta. Um, and I got a lot of very upset texts on election night from people out there who feel that they're not included, that they're not represented, that their voices aren't at the table. The politics there are very volatile right now. What do you say as a national leader to people in Alberta and Saskatchewan who feel that they don't have a place in the Federation? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I, my message to people in Alberta and Saskatchewan is I completely understand uh, what they're going through. Uh, I live in Regina. I've got friends and, and, and neighbors who have been uh, affected by the downturn. Uh, there's a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear, and, and, and they are justified in having in, in, in those feelings because they've seen entire communities um, significantly affected by not just not just a downturn. And this is something I take issue with uh, with Mr. Trudeau. You know, he, he's trying to paint this as some kind of global phenomenon, that, that there's somehow a, a global issue that's affecting Alberta. We've seen increases in investments in the oil and gas sector in other countries who do not kill pipeline projects, who do not insert, uh, impose legislation designed to entirely uh, suffocate and, and, and kill off an entire sector of our economy. Uh, this is not uh, something that other countries are going through, uh, all of us together. This is something that's happening in Canada, in our energy sector, because of deliberate decisions that this Liberal government have taken. And, uh, and we're going to fight. We're going to fight for them. We're going to fight against those decisions. We're going to do everything we can to, 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 to force the Liberals to change course on that. We believe in our energy sector. We believe it's better for Canadian oil and gas to be developed and, and, and shipped across the country to Eastern Canadian markets and around the world. I'd rather, uh, I'd rather Canadians consume Canadian energy than oil and gas bought by repressive regimes. And that's what the basis of my National Energy Corridor was all about, finding a path forward to, to address environmental concerns and Indigenous concerns, but at the same time getting big projects built again, bringing our country closer together. Justin Trudeau has divided us, and I'm going to work. I'm going to give it everything I have to bring our country closer together. Do you agree with Premier Moe's assertion that it's time to take a look at equalization, that it's time for a new deal because the current formula isn't working? I've always uh, believed that uh, Western Premiers were, were right to have frustrations about the equalization formula. During the campaign, I noted that uh, the Liberals had locked in the formula for five years, and, uh, and, and, and they did that without consultation. I've said that some of the things that we can address in the early days are the lag between real-time economic data and what equalization payments actually uh, turn out to be. I believe we can shorten that so that uh, the, the, the economic downturns can be factored into um, those, those calculations much more quickly. That would be more responsive to the needs of provinces like Alberta and Saskatchewan. But I, I absolutely understand where the frustration is coming from. You know, we have 
we have a federal government that is uh, doing everything it can uh, to, to, you know, Justin Trudeau said it himself. He said he, he, he was frustrated that he couldn't phase out the energy sector too quickly. We know that's what he wants to do, and he's implementing the policies that do it, and Alberta and Saskatchewan are affected by that. Well, I mean, he, he did buy Trans Mountain, but putting that aside, just to take one last look at Alberta and Saskatchewan before we move on, um, there are no MPs from either of those provinces in the government. So how do you think Prime Minister Trudeau should represent Alberta and Saskatchewan? Do you think it's time to put a senator in cabinet from one of those provinces so there's a Western voice? You know, uh, he'll have to decide how to proceed with that. He's the one that uh, divided this country. He basically ran against uh, Western Canada uh, in this campaign. And um, as a result, he doesn't have representation from it. Um, so he'll have to find a way forward. And we'll be that voice. We'll be a voice for, for Alberta and Saskatchewan, we'll certainly uh, as we will for all Canadians. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, um, you know, uh, and you mentioned the Trans Mountain Pipeline. You know, the, he, he didn't even defend Trans Mountain in court. Um, he killed Northern Gateway. He decided to impose a double standard on uh, a west to east pipe, uh, pipeline. So, you know, Bill C-69, the carbon tax, these are all decisions that have chased away billions of dollars worth of investment. There are billions of dollars around the world being invested in big energy projects that create jobs and opportunity. It's not happening in Canada. It's not happening in Canada because of deliberate decisions that Justin Trudeau made. We don't know when Parliament's going to come back yet, but when it does. Is your focus going to be on trying to bring down the Trudeau government, or are there certain areas that you're willing to work with the Liberals on to pass priorities? Well, look, it's really up to, to Mr. Trudeau as to his approach. Uh, Canadians gave him the weakest mandate for a government in Canadian history. Uh, so the onus really does fall on him on uh, seeking out that common ground. We've staked out our priorities and our platform. Uh, I do believe, I'm very concerned at, uh, at uh, his ethics and his corruption, and uh, we're going to do everything we can to, to continue to, 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 hold in a, to hold him accountable for that. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if, if he's willing to abandon some of the policies that have caused so much uh, economic hardship in this country, uh, we'd like to see that. Um, we'll wait and see what he brings to the table. Uh, we are respectful of the decision that Canadians made. Um, they elected a minority government. They elected a, 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 par a parliament with several parties now that have official status. We will be respectful of that, but we will use every tool at our disposal to hold him to account and to, uh, and, and to point out the failures of his policies. So you're not looking for a snap election? Is it? We, we, we are respecting the, the results of, of this election. I think Canadians, when they uh, vote for a parliament like this, they do expect all parties to put Canadians first, and that's what I'm going to do. We'll put the needs of Canadians first and, uh, and see what Mr. Trudeau brings to the table. Um, it's very clear that there are many things we disagree on um, that we're not going to support. We're not going to support increases to the carbon tax. We're not going to support new legislation that f makes it even more difficult to get big projects built again in this country. Um, so we'll see what, types of what type of approach he has with Parliament. Trans Mountain? We expect we expect to see that built. We, 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 you know, what a terrible indictment on Justin Trudeau's legacy that he created a situation where the government had to buy a pipeline in order to see it through. Um, it used to be that the private sector investors would make sure that pipelines got built in this country, and um, he's failed to defend it in court. He. You know, we expect it to be built. We would like to see it, um, you know, sold uh, 
as, as quickly as possible. We don't think it's good for the economy. It's not a good sign to investors around the world that the government has to own something in this country for it to proceed. Uh, so we'll see, uh, wait and see what it is. But we'd like to see some kind of a, an action plan that, that, that he would bring forward to show the steps that he's willing to take to make sure it's built. Why did you hire the DAISY Group? to do opposition research on the People's Party of Canada? Okay. Political parties, um, as I said, first of all, I'm not going to comment on, on individual contracts that we may or may not have had, but I will point out uh, that it is um, all political parties um, do research. All political parties look at uh, um, you know what? Uh, we, what other parties have said? What other uh, candidates have said? But uh, as you know, the, the Liberal Party w did a great deal of research on other candidates, uh, as did the NDP. Uh, I'm sure other parties did, did the same thing. One last question for you: tone of the campaign. It's something we talked about when we last met. It's something that Prime Minister Trudeau addressed in his press conference last week. Said he he kind of regretted the nastiness. Catherine McKenna came out and said the same thing. Do you regret some of the nastiness on the campaign trail that the Conservatives were responsible for? Well, look, we, we, I, I woke up every morning promoting a positive message about how our policies were going to help Canadians. Well, you put lots and of negative stuff about the well, Liberals we, we, too, we, we, including we, we, allegations we put, about legalizing hard drugs that weren't true, well, we pointed increasing out, the GST. We, okay, well, we pointed out comments that their candidates had said. We pointed out that Liberal members of Parliament on the Health Committee endorsed that very idea. That weren't when, in their platform. Well, it, the, when, when Liberals uh, try to, uh, to, to, to say things that aren't, aren't in our platform, they try to uh, tell Canadians what's in that. Here we have specific quotes from people running for the party. We have the Prime Minister himself, Justin Trudeau, saying that he wasn't going to do it at the moment. Uh, we know the NDP were calling for it, and we know the, the, with the results of the election, they're going to have to find support from other parties. I think it's legitimate to say this is a possibility. This is something that the Liberals uh, are obviously have a significant number of their MPs that are contemplating. As for the GST, I pointed out that in order to work with the NDP, if you combine their two platforms together, it would have added billions. It would, we'll see what happens. Billions of dollars in new spending. Taxes will have to go up to pay for it. I said in order to pay for some of that, they would have to raise the GST or perhaps other taxes. It could be income taxes, it could be corporate taxes, it could be cancelling other types of tax credits for Canadians. But there is no doubt, these deficits that they're running have to be paid back. They have to be paid back with interest. At some point, the government's going to have to find the money from somewhere. And the message to Canadians was, we know that they've raised taxes in the past. Uh, this is a, an election, I believe, it was fought a lot about affordability and, and, and what's left over at the end of the month for many Canadians. And I believe it's legitimate to, to, to look at what types of things they might be raising. Mr. Scheer, I know it's not an easy thing to sit down and do an interview like this after you've lost. So thank you for taking the time to share with us and to share with Canadians. Thank you very much.